The title of the message today is The Power of Forgiveness. The Power of Forgiveness. One of the greatest teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ and Christianity is the practice of forgiveness in the life of the believer. It is central to the Christian faith. In Matthew 18, 21, do you remember the time when Peter came to Jesus and said, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. That means you keep forgiving. You keep forgiving. And it is a, a Christian practice. It is a essential teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. So today I want to talk about, I want to bring five points about the subject of forgiveness because I believe it is so important for us to grab a hold of this, to live in, in freedom, to live in victory. And in order to do that, in order to have a, a substantial, effective prayer life, you've got to be a forgiver. In order to see miracles happen, in order to see healing happen, in order to see spiritual growth in your life, you've got to become a forgiver. And so the first point I want to go over in the power of forgiveness is the, the foundation, and that is that God has forgiven you. That is gigantic. It's huge. Our journey in the power of forgiveness begins with understanding the depth of God's forgiveness towards us. When we understand that we've been forgiven of so many things, then it helps us to be forgivers of other people, and we'll see that. But Psalm 103 Verse 12 says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. That means he's removed them so far that you can't even go and find them because we are forgiven and God is not holding it against us. Isn't that wonderful? He's not holding our sins against us. There's a psalm that says if you, if you held if you counted uh, our sins against us, then it says, who would stand? And there's a, uh, somebody wrote a beautiful song with, that's just singing that verse. Who would stand if you counted our sins against us? But Psalm 103, verse 12 says, as, uh, as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. And then Psalm 103, verse 1 through 5 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. It says he's forgiven all of your sins. It says that he's healed all your diseases, and you can claim that in Jesus' name. Do you see that he's put the two together here? He's put forgiveness and healing together. That is a common theme throughout the Old and New Testaments. I have more evidence of that in a little bit. But forgiveness and healing go together. And then Psalm 86, verse 5, For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. 
God is ready to forgive us. How many of you know we need to be ready to forgive people? It, you know, have the, the forgiveness built up, ready to go before the event even happens. Pre-forgiveness. Pre-forgiveness. Have it ready. Have it ready. And then when it happens, you go, oh, man, okay, well, I, I already forgave you. I, it, I already was ready because it says God is ready with forgiveness. Amen. Amen. Psalm 86, verse 5. For you, Lord, are good, ready to forgive, ready to forgive. If you want to know the heart of God the Father towards us, just remember the story of the prodigal son. That son squandered all of his inheritance, sinned against and rebelled against his father, but that when the time came, and he was at the end of himself, he went and uh, came to the father. And what did the father do? The father ran to him, ready with forgiveness, ran to him and embraced him. And that's the father heart of God towards each of us when it comes to the subject of forgiveness. When you repent and turn away from sin and you run to the father, he is running towards you with arms of love and forgiveness. Aren't you glad we serve a God like that? Amen. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means we have all needed the cross. We all need the cross of the Lord Jesus. And it's there that we find that we are forgiven. So God has forgiven you. And then the second thing that I want to talk about with the power of forgiveness is that now that you are forgiven or you have the knowledge of the fact that you are forgiven, forgive others. Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another, tender-hearted forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And then Matthew 6, 14 through 15, if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. That's the Lord Jesus talking. He's saying, you've been forgiven, now you forgive others. If you can't do that, then you won't be forgiven. That's huge. That is huge. Uh, Luke 6.37 says, forgive and you will be forgiven. That's Luke 6.37, excuse me. Luke 6.37, forgive, Jesus said, and you will be forgiven. So we are called to extend the same forgiveness to others that we have received from God through Christ. Colossians 3.13, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man has a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, you do also. So we forgive others because we have been forgiven. It's easier to forgive people when you understand how much you've been forgiven of by God, right? Amen. Amen. All right. So that's the second one. We're moving along fast here. The third one is there is healing in uh, there's healing power in forgiveness. There is healing power in forgiveness. There is healing in relationships through forgiveness. And there is also physical healing through forgiveness. You know that there's people that are physically sick because they have not forgiven. And you carry a load, and you, through bitterness and grudges, you carry things 
that your body was never intended to carry, and it has a great impact on people's bodies if they don't forgive. And there is a connection of, as I said earlier, with forgiveness and healing. Do you remember, and I'll show you one of those connections right now. Do you remember when Jesus, when the Pharisees were watching him, he's about ready to heal somebody on the Sabbath, and he said, is it easier for me to say, your sins are forgiven, or to a paralyzed person to rise up and walk. But he's saying, but I say to you that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. And then he said to the person, rise and walk. And, and so what he was saying was, I am, okay, he is God in human flesh, right? He's saying to one of his children, you are forgiven. Do you know that the result of sin is the, the, the curse on humanity? That's where we got sickness and disease and weeds and ter- turmoil and you name it. Everything that we see in this fallen world is because of the original sin. And so what Jesus is doing when he's talking to someone, when he's saying, your sins are forgiven, is he is clearing the way for that curse to come off of that person. Do you see that? He's saying you're forgiven. And so you are no longer obligated to be under the curse. And so go ahead and be healed right now too. And so they go together. Forgiveness of sins and healing go together. So a grudge, if you're holding a grudge, is a deep ongoing resentment that we cultivate in our hearts against somebody else. And a grudge is also an unforgiving spirit that leads to unforgiving attitudes and unforgiving actions. Grudges are dangerous and grudges are destructive. Grudges destroy marriages. They break up families. They ruin friendships and they can even fracture churches. That's how deadly and destructive grudges are and not forgiving. And I want to tell you something this morning, that if you're holding a grudge against someone, then God has something to say to you today, and that is he wants you to give it up. He wants you to let it go. Grudges are not just destructive, they are self-destructive. Grudges are self-destructive. When you hold a, a grudge against someone, you're, you will hurt yourself as much and perhaps even more than the person that you are holding that grudge against. Unforgiveness can be like a poison that eats away at your soul. But forgiveness allows God's healing and grace to flow through us. There was a, a story of a man who had horses and one kicked a fence and scraped his leg and he took the horse to the barn, he cleaned it, and he bandaged it, bandaged it up. And a few weeks later, the man noticed that the horse was still bothered by that bruise. And he called the vet to come and take a look at the horse. The vet prescribed some antibiotics to the, the horse, and almost immediately the horse got better. But then a month or two went by, and the owner noticed that the injury had not healed it actually had seemed to have gotten worse. 
So the vet put the horse back on the antibiotics. The horse was fine for a few weeks, and then the whole process repeated itself. The wound would not heal. So the owner loaded up the horse and took him into the clinic. He had to find out what was going on with this horse, with his horse. They put the horse out with anesthesia and began to probe and dig deep into that wound. And he found deep under the surface a large sliver of wood was in there. They had to remove the splinter, which was causing the infection. They had been treating only the symptoms rather than treating the true source of the horse's pain. And a lot of times we do the same thing when it comes to unforgiveness and grudges. We say, okay, well, and then we, and then we haven't dealt with the, the bitterness and the hurt that caused the issue in the first place. We haven't dealt with it. We haven't gotten healed. And we gloss it over with a smile, but the hurt and the pain is still there. And we still un, un, have an unforgiving spirit. And it's causing so much damage along the way because... We haven't dealt with the root issue. And the root issue is that thing has to get healed in your heart and in your life. You got to get healed. It could be something that happened when you were a child. It could have been something that happened two weeks ago. But if you don't deal with it and get healed by the Lord, by the Holy Spirit, and give it to him and say, God, I ask you to heal this and spend some good quality time getting healed if you don't deal with it, then that hurt will turn into bitterness. And then that bitterness will turn into grudges and judgments on your behalf towards other people. And then you'll start to have that unforgiving spirit. And then it just goes downhill from there. Why? Because you haven't dealt with it. And so we need to go beyond the surface, right? And deal with the pain down deep inside. Amen? Yeah. Amen. So there was, speaking of healing and, and forgiveness or forgiveness and healing, there was a woman that had really bad arthritis and she came to her pastor for prayer. And the pastor tried everything he knew. He, he jumped, he shouted, he anointed her with oil. And, um, and while he was praying over her, doing everything that he knew how to do in prayer, he said, the Holy Spirit said, stop. So he stopped, and then the Holy Spirit said to him, I cannot flow through her because she is holding on to hatred and unforgiveness. She had hatred towards her former husband. The pastor said, how long has it been since you were divorced? I think he got a word of knowledge. How long has it been since you've been divorced? She said, 10 years. He said, lady, please divorce your husband. What? That happened 10 years ago. No, it didn't. Legally, yes, but not mentally. Every day you eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner and go to bed with him on your mind. This hatred is destroying you and drying up your bones, and no doctor could ever heal you. It's time to let go and let the hatred go. When you forgive, you will be healed. And she did, and she was completely healed of her arthritis within three months. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. Amen. Hebrews twelve fifteen says, Look 
after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Wow. So forgiveness has the power to heal. And even while I've been talking, I got two more points, but even while I've been talking, God may have brought somebody to your mind that you need to forgive. And I'm going to ask you today to, uh, you may get a a picture of a a face. You may get a a person's name. And I'm going to ask you to get free today and forgive that person. And we got to, we got to also practice our spiritual and exercise our spiritual muscles and practice the the, the Christian discipline of forgiveness. So the fourth one is unforgiveness creates a prison while forgiveness creates a pathway to freedom. Unforgiveness creates a prison. Do you know that unforgiveness creates a prison for two people? The person that you're not forgiving, it creates a prison for them. I'm going to show you an example of that in a story that Jesus gave. It creates a prison for them, but then it also creates a prison for you if you don't forgive. And so Jesus gave the perfect illustration of this in Matthew chapter 18, verse 23. says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed uh, money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was... Now, now, I did this in the New Living Translation because I love to give you what the numbers would be in today's dollar amount. So one of his debtors were brought, was brought in who owed him millions of dollars, millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him and released him and forgave all of those millions of dollars of debt. Does that sound like you and me before God? We, we owed him millions and billions in our sins before him. We begged for forgiveness when we came to the cross and God said, I'm letting it all go. You're, you're forgiven of the whole thing. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I'm free. I don't owe that big debt before you because of the cross. Thank you so much. But there's more to the story. Verse 28 says, but when the man left the king, he went to his fellow servant who had owed him a few thousand dollars. Millions. Here's a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged him for a little bit more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and and what did he have done for him? He put him in prison. That's exactly what you and I do when we don't forgive. We put a person in prison. He put him in prison. Until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called the man and had uh, that he had forgiven and said, "You evil servant, I forgave you 
of that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt, millions of dollars of debt. It was back on him. That's what my heavenly, this is Jesus talking, that's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Wow. Wow. Unforgiveness can imprison us in bitterness and resentment, but forgiveness sets us free. It puts us on a path of freedom. Forgiveness is not only an act of mercy, but it is a path to freedom. Look at Proverbs 17, verse 9. Is everyone still with me now? Proverbs 17, 9. Love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it, dwelling on it, separates close friends. Love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. Have you ever seen that in your life? I have. Friendships separated because of a grudge that was held on to. Do you know, when it comes to forgiveness, God isn't asking you to ignore what a person has done to you. He isn't asking you to pretend like it didn't happen. He isn't even condoning what happened to you, obviously. He is not asking you to be walked on or to lose your boundaries, okay? What God is asking you to do is to forgive the grievance, to forgive, to put it away. That means to acknowledge how wrong and, and painful what was done to you was, but you make the decision to forgive that person who did the wrong to you. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty certain that most of us in this room have somebody that we need to forgive. In fact, when I pray every week, I pray through the Ten Commandments. And one of them, commandment number six, is to not be angry with anyone because it is equated, Jesus equated it with murder. It says, you shall not murder. But Jesus took it a step further, and he said, if you're angry with someone and you're holding a grudge, then, then it's, it's, the, it's the seeds of, of murder, really, because uh, you're not letting it go. You're not free. So every, every week I pray through that, and, and there, there's probably most weeks where a face will pop up, none, none of yours, none of yours. <laughs> Only Pastor Ed's. No, just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I am totally kidding. I am totally kidding. But there are times, I mean, often where some, you know, something happened to you. or And it could be somebody close to you. And you say, God, when they, that happened or they said whatever they said, I forgive them. I forgive them in my heart. And as Jesus said, forgive them. They don't know. They didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know what they were doing. I forgive them, Lord. And, and so take those times in prayer to, God, is there anybody, on every, any given day, any given week, 
uh, keep that prayer going before the Lord. Is there anybody that I need to forgive? Sometimes you'll even not even realize that you're carrying something until you get into prayer and the Holy Spirit will show you, yeah, you're holding something against somebody and it's this person. And you say, oh my goodness, I didn't even realize I was carrying that. I've, I've been in those times in prayer where the Holy Spirit has revealed somebody and I didn't realize I was holding the grudge and I ended up weeping because I, I didn't even realize I was... I was hurt by that. I didn't even realize, but deep down inside, I was carrying it and didn't even realize it. So, God, I forgive them. I, I, I put it away. It could be forgiving your parents or a, a parent. It could be forgiving your children. It could be a person that has caused some kind of abuse, emotional, physical, sexual abuse. Maybe it's somebody at work because of the way they treated you. Some of you need to give up the grudge that stems from an argument that you had with someone or even grudges that you have against other people in this community of believers. That happens. That's one of the ways that we grow spiritually is to be in a community of believers and you grow by having moments where you're having to forgive and it happens. And some people say, well, I just won't have anything to do with that. And they, they go into spiritual stagnancy, and they never grow because they're never with other believers. So we all need to grow up. Amen? Amen. Now, what I'm going to say next, you may have thought that some of the things that I said were harsh, but you haven't heard this next one. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Uh, I'll try not to look your way, Dave. <laughs> okay, so have you ever heard the phrase, you know what, I just can't forgive. I just can't. I don't have the ability to give. Telling God that you can't forgive means that you're telling God you won't forgive. You won't forgive. But if Christ can forgive you your sin despite the fact that it caused him the pain of the cross, then surely you can give up your grievance that you have with somebody else. Amen? Amen. It's time to get free. And that's what this is all about. God wants us to be free. He wants us to live free lives. And so no longer in a prison for somebody else, and no longer in a prison yourself because it imprisons a person who can't forgive because you don't grow spiritually. Your, your body is taking the brunt of it. You're, you're living in a type of bondage in a prison because you're not letting it go. And God wants you to get free today, amen? Okay, I got one more point. You still, can you hang on with me? One more, one last point. Here we go. Was that okay, Dave? Did you make it through that okay? Okay, just want to make sure that you're okay. All right, okay. (laughs) Okay, number five, unforgiveness hinders prayer. Now, this is biblical. This is biblical. Unforgiveness hinders prayer. Our unwillingness to forgive can create a barrier between us and God's mercy. One of my favorite, all-time favorite passages of Scripture is Mark 11, 22 through 26. I love that passage. It's where Jesus says, if you can have faith, you can say to that mountain, be removed and be taken up and to be cast in the sea. And everything that you say, if you believe those things that you say will come to pass, it'll come to pass. You've got power. You've got authority. 
Run with it, church. And then he sums all the whole thing up with this right here. And whenever you stand praying in mountain-moving faith, moving mountains and doing all these miracles, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven will also forgive you your trespasses. What is he saying? He's saying you can move mountains. You can have victory in your life, but none of it will happen if you hold something against somebody. Anybody want to have some mountain-moving experiences? We've, we've seen them, right? We've seen those things. We've seen those things that were beyond our control, and God did them, and he moved, and, or, or we spoke to a situation, and God said amen, and boom, the thing happened, and the mountain moved. I remember looking out as a kid, one of my uh, Christian teachers in school said, do you know that Jesus said, if you say to a mountain, move, it'll move? And I remember looking out the window that was in Pasadena, Altadena, and there was a big mountain range outside that we could see. We were on the second floor. And I could see that mountain range. I remember looking out that window going, yeah. Like, it was almost like, you know, a 10-year-old. Move. You know. Faith like a child, right? Amen. And, and so, you know, is, is he talking about a, a physical mountain? Is he talking about a spiritual mountain here? Both. I believe it's both. You have times in your life where you have spiritual mountains that need to move, but you won't move them. You have times in physical mountains that need to move, but you won't move them if you've got and you're holding on to things in your heart and your life. It says it right here. It will hinder your prayers if you're holding on to something. And so we don't want our... our our prayers to be hindered, don't, do we? No. We, we want God to move in this day, but we've got to let it go. And so I'm going to ask us to close our eyes today. Yep, I was going to bring you to this point. I'm going to ask you to do something. And that is just ask the Holy Spirit right now. You may already know. But ask the Holy Spirit, is there anybody that I need to forgive? It may go all the way back to your childhood, and you've never done that before. It may be somebody more recent that you didn't even realize you're holding on to something against them. But God wants you to get free today. So just ask the Holy Spirit. I'll just give a minute here. Is there anybody that I need to forgive? Did you see a face? Did you see a name? You don't have to tell us. But did you see somebody? Maybe it was more than one person that you need to forgive. So now, if I could help us all, if I could help you, would you just say this, this, these words with me? I'm not going to ask you to, to say their name out loud, especially if it's your spouse and they're sitting next to you. <laughs> But can we all say this out loud together? Father God, thank you for your forgiveness towards me. And I know that I need to forgive others. So right now, this person or people that I have in my mind, 
a name or a face or faces. I take this opportunity right now and I say before you, Father God, that I let it go, that I forgive them for the wrong that they did to me. I forgive them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Sometimes it's just a a step of faith that you do that, and you say it, and it takes faith. What my favorite story on that is Corey Tenboom, who she had she had been wronged in concentration camp, and from the Nazis, and she saw her sister beaten and killed in the concentration camp, and and if you see the you got to see the movie The Hiding Place, but Tyann was asking me good Christian movies. That is one of my top favorites, The Hiding Place. I think it's on Prime, actually. You could watch it for free. But she, while she's seeing uh, Betsy, her sister, being beaten in the concentration camp, her sister, who was a, who was a uh, spiritual giant, said, Oh, Corey, oh, Corey, don't hate. While she's getting beaten up, her sister can't stand it. And, and he's having these visions of stabbing and killing the Nazis. And they show it in the movie. And she says to her sister, oh, Corey, don't hate. And, and she just see her, like, crying and, and weeping because she can't take it. She can't take the pain of watching someone that she loves so much uh, to get hurt. So she basically holds on to that. She eventually lets it go. Uh, especially when she is speaking all over the world. She spoke with Billy Graham all over the world, a movie made of her life, a book called The Hiding Place, a wonderful, amazing book if you ever get to read it. But she said that later on she was speaking in a very large group of people and she was talking about this, the power of forgiveness. And the very guard that beat up her sister was in the crowd gave his life to Jesus came up to Corey after and said ma'am I and she she knew who he was she said I am so sorry I am so sorry I gave my life to Jesus you were talking about forgiveness will you forgive me and she said in that moment all this hate came up in a split second and then she said I heard the Holy Spirit said reach out your hand that's the step of faith Reach out your hand. So she reached out her hand, grabbed his hand, and she said, by faith, brother, I forgive you. And she said, I felt, she said, I felt the warmth of the Holy Spirit run through her arm towards him. She was free. She was free. That's the step of faith sometimes you got to take. I don't know how I'm going to do this, but here it goes. God, I, for, I forgive this person and the Holy Spirit will back you up.